Hi. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? It's good. It's good. You know? No, it does not sound good. <laughs> I'm just tired, but I brought my vitamins. Disclaimer, first of all, we have all of the beverages today, water, coffee, and I have a mimosa because... I think I'm funnier when I'm drunk. And Chloe decided to opt out and have orange juice with vitamin C goop. This is Chloe and Emma in a drink. <laughs> Emma drinks at 10 a.m. Chloe adds vitamin C to her orange juice sans champagne. <laughs> that is us in a nutshell. Cheers. You guys are listening to this on a Tuesday right now. This is our second Tuesday launch. Tuesday. 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 I'm about to get back on another plane and... We are recording this maybe three weeks after that plane door flew off the oh, Alaska Jesus. plane. Jesus. Don't think about that right now. I thought about it when I got on, and both of my seats are behind exit rows. Like, I had to medicate myself on the flight here because I was just scared. And I'm still scared, but it's okay. Because what are the odds? I don't know, but that actually ha- it happened right before I left LA last time. I had a panic attack getting on my flight. I almost didn't get on. I started crying. The TSA guy could just tell, and he didn't want to ask me if I was okay. So he was just like, if you need anything. It was really bad. I just was having, like, final destination moments. Also, people have just been going nuts on planes lately. Like- <laughs> You're not even real! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or trying to open the plane door mid-flight. Did you or, see like- the snake that was just on the plane yesterday? What? Yeah. Snakes it was on a, a plane? It was a small snake. I know. It was literally a scary movie about that. Where? Where was the plane going? Okay, that was not a scary movie. It was like a thriller at best with Samuel L. Jackson. I don't know. I, I honestly just saw it and it was like a garden snake and they were trying to like get it into like a plastic water cup like to, to trap it. Imagine. <gasps> imagine being on a plane and feeling something slither up your leg. No, I'm not imagining <laughs> that. We're changing the so- – okay. On that note, we have done – a lot of dating episodes recently just given that it was valentine's day and we talked about love languages and now now we're gonna talk about decentering your life from love and yes. focusing on yourself recentering yourself as a disclaimer to just start it off i said this in the new year's eve episode what i have learned recently and what i am such a huge cheerleader of right now is you can do both. You can be in a relationship and want love and have love in your love life, but also be focusing on yourself at the same time. It does not have to be one or the other. So just as a disclaimer, everything that we say here is you can have both, but it's just a matter of finding balance and decentering what we put so much pressure on. Yeah. And this is also for the single girlies, not in a relationship, but wanting one and craving one and finding themselves arranging their plans around potentially gaining one. And we're going to we're going to walk you through what we would do. I guess my first question for you is, have you ever found yourself centering a man when you were single? For sure. For sure. I think that I spent most of my early 20s doing that. I think if someone said that they didn't, they'd be lying. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be a fucking liar. It was a hopeless romantic. And there were times where I was really, really focused on myself. I'm really ambitious. But I would jeopardize everything that I had worked for just to make that guy fit into my day. Totally. Time and time over again. And that started when I was really young. My first relationship I had when I was 16 to 18, I think, on and off, super tumultuous. And I was acting at the time. And he would do this thing where every single time I had a huge audition, he would get into a massive argument with me. So I wouldn't sleep all night. I'd stay up all night. 
crying, trying to make <laughs> up with him. Is this the narcissist episode or the decentering <laughs> episode? Right. And instead of just being like, this relationship is bad for me and letting it go, I let him sabotage me for years. So I would not know my lines super well or I would be so puffy and exhausted the next day that they'd be like, she looks miserable. Who's forcing her to act? Like it was so bad for me and that was my first example of love Mm -hmm. so that definitely trickled into and continued on in my future relationships for sure yeah yeah i'm gonna be honest i think starting at age nine i have been boy crazy i've always made a relationship love finding a guy having a boyfriend center of my life Mm -hmm. absolutely i can admit that now and i can admit that now because i've changed that I just didn't care about anything else. And I thought that was the end-all be-all. I I think that everything else kind of came naturally to me. And I'm very fortunate in that way. Work came naturally to me. School came naturally to me. So I had all these other things checked off. So when it came to finding a boyfriend, it was almost like a win for me every time. It was like that was something I had to not try for because I also – you know, I was cute. I was flirtatious. That came naturally to me too. But it was like – Every time I got a guy, it was kind of like, yep. And I put so much focus on it that I never really found true friends. I I do have some true friends, but when I was growing up, I went through them. I cycled through them so quickly because I didn't focus on those relationships. I moved to LA when I wasn't really focusing on my relationship with my family. My career was just kind of happening. Everything was just happening in the background, and I always put men at the forefront, boys at the forefront. Yeah, I have done that for a long time as well. And when I didn't have a boyfriend, that it was the priority. Yeah. Was figuring out who was interested in me, how I was going to get the next relationship, who it would be, mm-hmm. and then I would be happy. Yeah. Like my happiness and my moods, which is hard to admit because as you look back on that, you're like, Jesus Christ, my moods depended on how I was treated that day. Right. By whoever the hell I was with or talking to or interested in. If you, you know, hearted my story – well, they didn't have that back then. But if you replied to my story or like <laughs> – If my, you sent me a Facebook like. <laughs> yeah. If you – was he poking oh, me? sorry. Poking. That's what it was. <laughs> Whatever it was, like I – that's what I cared about. Right. And I was posting pictures to get attention from him and I was making myself look busy. Like I remember being a teenager and going out to parties just to rub it in somebody's face, just doing things and derailing myself from things that were actually authentic yeah. to what I wanted to play a game of chess that I didn't need to be playing. I would literally change my Facebook status just because I saw a guy that I had a crush on come online and I wanted him to like see activity from my account so he would talk to me. And not gonna lie, it worked. But I would be like, BRB, shower, text me. Like, like, BRB, shower, you're gonna be there for 10 minutes. Like, you don't even shave your legs yet, bitch. And you're also, in fourth grade. You want him to message you and be like, oh, you're taking a shower? Yeah, <laughs> I want like a dirty thought in his mind of my prepubescent boobs. And, and you know, I haven't even grown pubes yet. <laughs> like, there was a point where I moved, I went to a new high school, I was a freshman. I didn't fit in, I didn't know anyone, and I had a crush on this guy. So I made a fake profile for a fake boyfriend using some, like, Tumblr boy's photo. Oh, my God. George Glass? George Glass. Do you know who that is? No. (gasps) I've aged myself yet again. George Glass is from the Brady Bunch. Jan was like, I have a boyfriend. And what was her name? The oldest one? Marsha. was like, oh, yeah? What's his name? She was like, George. George? 
Glass. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like she has this fake boyfriend called George Glass. She's like, sure, Jan. But anyway, I, I, I went to great lengths, okay? And I am ashamed that that was my concern. Honestly, like, even being in a relationship, it's definitely harder to decenter your partner. You can't do that. That would make you a shitty partner. But you have to find a way to have your own life because that's what will keep the relationship alive while also caring for them. And I am guilty of over-prioritizing him. So interdependency is what it's called, which is a healthy relationship where you find a balance of fulfilling your partner's needs and your own. That's what it's called. Mm. So it's the opposite opposite of of codependency. codependency. Exactly. Interdependency. Yeah. It's funny. Looking back at my life, I just had this roller coaster. Everything was prioritized towards finding a man. And then every time I got out of a relationship, I've talked about this in episodes, it was Emma 2.0. And I was kick ass at my career and I started working out and I lost weight and I had great time with my friends. And then it would happen again. And I'd get into a relationship again and I'd lose myself again. I'd stop working out, stop seeing my friends, hardly talk to my family. I was that girl. I have been that girl forever. Like, no wonder I lost so many fucking friends. I didn't talk to them every time I had a boyfriend, and I've had a million boyfriends. So therefore, I have zero friends. Yeah, I, I the, have friends now. It's the worst. <laughs> but back then, yeah. It's another one of those things where when your friends or someone else tries to bring it to light for you, and you're in it, you're like, fuck you, you're trying to sabotage my relationship. You're just jealous that I have a boyfriend. You know, you have that mentality of like, you're wrong, I'm right, because you're clouded by your relationship. And by wanting that love. Which nine times out of ten, in my experience, anytime I became the girl who was MIA because she had a boyfriend, I would be the girl who was also running back when he fucked her over. Exactly. And they were so sick and tired of it. And it's worse if you're on and off and on and off and right. on and off and you're a broken fucking record, even if you aren't abandoning your friends. And if your is, friends are broken records, telling it, you the same shit. Yeah. It's just really hard because I've also been that friend to mm-hmm. sit there while your friend is like – Oh, well, he did this, and he did this, and he did this. And you're like, he's so bad for you. Yeah, you're like, let it go. You're like, he's been doing this. Nothing's going to change unless you change, basically. So anyway, this topic was submitted from someone who listens. And the context around her submission was that she is finally coming into herself. She feels really confident in her career. She has great friends. She lives in the city. She feels like she's deserving of a solid relationship, and she's ready for it. So it's really hard for her to focus on where she is and what she loves about her life and be grateful for the luxury of being single Mm -hmm. and young and in New York City and instead is seeking out a man and struggling with letting life do his thing and trust the timing and being present. I mean, she obviously has a great head on her shoulders of where she is, like being happy with everything in her life. I don't think that you have to not want love and not want a relationship just to maintain that happiness in the rest of your life because that's inevitable. That's something that no one should try to get rid of and be like, I have to not want love and then love will find me because that's kind of, you know, a misconception. A lot of people say, you know, it'll happen when you least expect it. And when you're not searching, that's when it's going to happen. And that's true, but I think it's important to also still – I don't know, keep the dream alive and not turn to like the, I don't know, the man bashing and cynicism of it all of, no, I'm just going to like focus on me. Again, that misconception of you have to focus on everything else and then that'll happen. I think what worked for me always and what I just wish I could get through to my friends, because most of my friends are like stunning, super talented, gorgeous, 
smart, funny, like the full package women who are single and approaching their 30s and feeling really inadequate because they don't have a man and I just wish I could show them a mirror. And the only thing I, I think that they could implement that they're not is to focus more on things that make them happy and that drive them. Like literally a, a hobby, as stupid as that sounds, does wonders because when you're fulfilled you become a magnet and you light up a room and you become so attractive if i think about everyone i've fallen in love with that's what they had right they they were passionate about something they were like on a mission they it's not that they didn't have time and they were just focusing on themselves it's just that they were like after something and then you become a magnet and everyone's like wow tell me about it what are you doing yeah when you have your own shit going on and you're not making a man the center of your world that's when a man wants you the most yes and that's when they try the hardest to capture your attention so and and not to say that you know it's all a game and like we should do this so they do that you should just do it because it makes you happy yeah i think what i've come to terms with in the last i'm gonna say last the last year is that there are six buckets in your life six categories in your life i don't even want to say you have to focus on certain things to distract yourself or anything like that but what i do think is that you need to find satisfaction and true utter happiness in all of these six other areas so to me those are fitness and wellness health career friends family hobbies and then your love life it should be an even distribution between all of them find your friends that you love and that make you happy keep them done that category is good that's a maintaining thing family make sure that your relationship is healthy with your family and that you're talking to them and you're communicating with them and you're spending time with them and making time for them great that box is checked career Be okay and happy with your career and be driven and have goals and set out a plan for yourself and feel like you're fulfilling that category. Great. That one's checked. Hobbies. Have hobbies and do things that set your soul on fire. And then your fitness and your wellness and your health. Get a routine and start investing in yourself and making sure that you're starting from the inside and then working outward. And then love. It really should be kind of the last category, but... You need to be in a place where you can maintain all of that while you then eventually find that relationship that lets you keep it all too. In the past for me, I wasn't really happy with my friends. I didn't have great friends. I had a couple and they were great, but the core group that I was surrounding myself with, not great. My fitness, I ebbed and flowed with my, with my fitness regimen. Like I gained a lot of weight. I yo-yo diet all the time. That's not the case anymore. Or my family, like I said, when I moved to LA, I didn't give a fuck about being around for my niece and nephew's childhood because I was 22 and I just wanted to party. Now I care. You know, I moved back and I recentered that. And then hobbies. I took up singing lessons again. We started a podcast. Yeah. This is a – it's not really a hobby anymore. It's pretty much our career. But, <laughs> you know, there's all these other things in my life that I'm passionate about. It took me the last year to realize, I think, because I don't think I was trying so hard to fill these boxes and buckets and check them off. It was more that – all of a sudden, it did all click and it did all feel good and I was happy in everything. I am happy in everything. And then I found Mr. Right. And if you didn't listen to the last episode, Mr. Right is my boyfriend. But Mr. Right is so right because I am still maintaining all of those boxes in my life and all of those categories. And I'm finally in a healthy relationship because I have an even balance in all of those. And then you have to continue to walk the tightrope while you're in a relationship, which is hard. You have to be in a in a place where you're ready for that 
and self-aware enough to mm-hmm. be like, hey, I'm actually like losing myself here. I have a tendency because I, I love to like nurture very maternal i like to start to take care of things and prioritize that person and make sure their needs are met of course but then i go above and beyond and i can slip into putting my needs far behind Mm -hmm. which is a terrible habit so you also have to make sure you're in that place which i think you have to work out consistently i don't think it's like one day you wake up and you're like cool i figured it out like you have to always do it but on the other side of things i just wish that anyone who's in the position of feeling like they're ready for a relationship but it's just not happening they're just not meeting the right guy it's not or girl it's not working out for them to be present and be happy with where you are because once you find that person is amazing but as someone who's been in a relationship for four years I had so many adventures and fun nights out partying with my friends and times that I admire and I'm past that now and I don't need that anymore but I do miss and you you can't have all of that in a relationship. So I want my friends now to like live their sex in the city life and right. go out there and enjoy it because one day you're going to be with somebody for the rest of your life and that part is gone and you'll never be young and single again. It will be over. So what's the rush? It reminds me of a little girl who's like putting on makeup or doing their retinol fucking skincare routine at 14. Like it'll come. <laughs> yeah. I promise. Wait your turn, bitch. <laughs> it's on its way. Just have a good time with where you are. Yeah. And that's one of those things as someone who's been perpetually single, I, I, I would look at you and I would say easier said than done. You don't understand. Have a goal of being in a relationship and being getting married and all of that. But the time is going to pass anyway until that happens. So you might as well enjoy it. You might as well have those adventures because also there's so many people who get married before they experience anything. And then you know what? 10 years down the road, they go, fuck, I didn't do any of that. Then they start getting a wandering eye. Then they start wanting to mm-hmm. do those things, maybe start acting out and cheating or just doing what they missed out on. I think I can confidently say I've lived. Like I, I've done I'm really <laughs> sa- I'm really satisfied with all of the unhinged adventures I've been on and things I've seen, people I've met. I, I really think I've had the full the full Monty. So I'm ready and it's for the best because the person that I see that happening with didn't come until now. And I actually have known about him for four years. It never happened. It never worked. And that's why. Because I wasn't ready. And now I am. So yeah. back to the invisible string theory and divine timing. It's divine like, timing is a thing. I really think like what's meant for you will come when it's supposed to. The biggest thing is to release your attachment to the outcome. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You can't control when you're going to meet your partner, but you can't control how much you're going to grow while you're on your own journey before you meet them. And you can't rely on getting a boyfriend, him being the right one, it lasting forever. You're putting too much pressure on the relationship before it's even started. The only thing that you can rely on is yourself. So be happy with yourself. And if you're not happy with yourself, work on making yourself someone that you're happy with. Right. I I had this realization the other day and I actually like don't know if it's something that's valid or if it's just something that my cuckoo bananas brain came up with. But I have always, with every guy that I've wanted to be with, have been like, you know, I want someone that's driven, that lights up a room, that can talk to anyone, can make anything happen. And then I, I realized, am I confusing the things that I want for myself for what I want in a partner. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wait, 
is it okay if my partner doesn't have those things? Because I do check those boxes. Those are the things that I do. Should we both have that? Is that something that I need in someone or is it something that I want in myself? When you when you find someone who really works with you, like maybe it's because they fill the voids that you don't have, you create the idea of a perfect man in your mind, but maybe you can be that perfect man. Like maybe you could be that perfect person and love yourself and be that person that you want in your life so that by the time that you meet the right guy, you are so magnetic and you are who they want. And it's similar to what you said in the Valentine's Day episode. That guy was like, I'll get into a relationship in four years when I'm that his ideal perfect person. That's actually a great mindset in my mind. I want to be the best that I can be so that when that person that's meant for me comes, he never wants to let me go and we're great together. And it's like slightly different than what he said. He was like, so I can date up. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that reminds me of one time I was going through a really bad breakup and I was complaining to my aunt about all of the things that I missed about him. She said, do you realize that the things that you miss are the things that you did? that you were doing, like you still have all of those things. Mm -hmm. They're inside of you. That's you. You just miss you in a relationship. Yeah. The idea. (laughs) Yeah. The idea of the relationship. Huh. Yeah. I was making all of the days special and I was planning all these dates. All of those memories that I'm crying about, I create it. They're literally still right here. So yeah, you possess the qualities that you are looking for in someone else. Create your own (laughs) adventure, people. (laughs) And date yourself. There is something to be said about Going to museums alone, going to movies alone. I went to a concert alone once. That was super ballsy. And I definitely like misbehaved and got crazy, but fun experience. When I first moved back last year to New York, that was right after the big breakup with Hawaii in Hawaii. I made it a priority to start taking myself on dates. And there's so much you can learn about yourself when you go on these dates and so much you can learn about other people and just opportunities you can open yourself up to. I went uh, one night, I got all dressed up in this like really cute black silk slip skirt, heels. I put a red lip on, which I never do. And I took myself to a Broadway show and I went and saw Chicago and I have never seen Chicago before. And Chicago is actually the reason I started singing because I saw the movie when I was nine years old and all that jazz. I thought it was everything. And I took myself to see it. And I sat there beaming up at the stage, smiling to myself, mouthing every single word. I just had such a wonderful time. And then after that, I started going on omakase dates by myself. And I still do that to this day. Even being in a relationship, I just make sure if I want fucking omakase, I'm going to go buy myself omakase. Like I don't need to wait for someone to take me. And it's also a really good meal to have by yourself because the chefs are Mm -hmm. very engaged with you and they tell you what each thing is. It's a set amount of time. You don't really talk to anyone during omakase anyway. That's That's a good little thing to do on your own and you also yeah. are sat right next to people because you sit at the chef's counter so it's a good opportunity true. to strike up a conversation with someone or just be by yourself and it's not weird also if you're comfortable with it traveling by yourself mm-hmm. that i did for the first time internationally intentionally in november i think i went to bali and at first i started the trip with a friend to ease me into the experience and then i went to a women's retreat which i talked about a handful of episodes ago But being alone so far away from everybody, I had to sit with my thoughts. Like, I had to face them. There's no one to distract me. And I I was paying for this. So I was like, I'm putting (laughs) my phone down and I'm going to get into it. And I had a journal in between the luxury of, you know, like massages and hanging out with other women that were there. You had to come to terms with what was upsetting you in your life. All of the women were there to heal from something, Mm -hmm. whether it be grief, divorce, corporate burnout, 
they were all healing. So that was the goal. And I every night would get in the bath and journal and ask myself these reflective questions and write through them. And I realized I am so unhealed in so many ways <laughs> and was sobbing most of the time. But afterward, I felt like a new person. And I was like, wow, I need to do a better job at being in touch with myself, listening to myself, like giving her the time and attention and love that she needs instead of continuously trying to throw it to a man. Right. It's upsetting. Yeah. If you would give yourself the love that you keep trying to give to someone else or that you are pouring into someone else, you'd be shocked at the person that you could become. You'd be unstoppable. Unstoppable. Yeah. If I loved myself the way I love him. It's funny. I have always preached, you know, I'm really good at being alone and I'm really good at being independent. And I have been for quite some time. I mean, when I was 22, well, it goes back to when I was 20, I, I moved to Italy for a year. Then when I was 22, I moved to LA by myself. I didn't have any friends. And I spent all this time alone. And I always preached that I've spent, I've had all this alone time and I'm really good at being independent. But quite like being in a relationship where there's intentional time with your partner, it's the same with yourself. There's time you spend alone and there's intentional time you spend alone. Because I spent so much time by myself doing a lot of things. But you know what I was thinking about? Finding a guy. Being with a guy. In the last year, I started spending intentional time with myself where I felt good about myself. I loved myself. I thought about what I'm going to do the next day to make my life better, what I'm going to do that day, and building meaningful relationships and having meaningful conversations with the bartender, with some random person next to me that I have no intention of being with romantically. I'm just trying to talk to people and and learn and live and thrive and whatever. You have to make the time intentional like you did at the women's retreat. There's a huge difference between the intentional time you spend alone and then you just like fucking going on a hot girl walk, plotting out your next fucking girls night out where you're going to lay the guy that you've had a crush on. Yeah, it's so true. And I think that is why that's also a huge reason why I recommend traveling if you're comfortable with it because you have to put yourself in a position where you're going to meet other people Mm -hmm. or you're by yourself and that's fine, but you're digging deep. You're doing whatever you want without having to appease someone else's desires and check in on them, which we tend to do. Yeah. To be like, hey, are you having fun? What do you want to do today? Yeah, we can do that. Sure. You learn so much about yourself when you're like, what do do I want to do today? (laughs) I actually maybe don't know myself. I don't know. Right. And then it feels so empowering to be like, I'm going to do this. Fuck it. And you can do that at home. You just have to get into the mindset of like, this is what we're doing today. You almost have to be like a camp counselor for your fucking self. Yeah. Yeah. And then also, are you going to sit there and be on your phone and scroll and be unapproachable? Mm -hmm. Or are you going to sit there and sip on a drink, look around, look up, look at the world and be open? It's funny. My sister always used to joke, and someone else actually said this to me over the summer too, not to like toot my own horn, but what is it about you that all these guys are like, how do you get these days? Like, how do these stories happen to you? How do you meet these people? And you know how? It's my energy. It is the energy that I'm putting out there because I am willing and ready and excited to meet other people and talk to them. (laughs) I'm willing and able. Yeah. But literally, like, I'll sit there and I'll look around. I'll make eye contact with someone. I don't look at my phone and sit there and wait for life to happen because that's not when it's going to happen. It's going to happen when your eyes are fucking open and you're moving forward and you're fucking putting yourself out there, you know? And if you are someone who uses your phone as a crutch when you're out by yourself, understandable, but let's take baby steps away from that. Let's Force start yourself. Bring a book and then you'll get tired of the book and you'll put it down. 
don't rely on your phone. Yeah, try it as an exercise. Put it down and just sit there. Think about if you thought someone was cute at the bar or at a restaurant, but they were on their phone. You wouldn't want to go up to them and interrupt them because one, that's more intimidating to do, and two, it feels rude. But if the person that you're admiring made eye contact with you and smiled, you'd be like, oh, okay, like that was kind of an opp- a window of yeah, opportunity. Yeah, g- gates are open. <laughs> yeah, and I think our generation and the generations uh, below us really struggle with that. Yeah. Like people do not know how to hold eye contact I think it scares them. People don't know how to put their phone down and just be in a room and yeah. be in IRL, not in the social networking world for a fucking second because it's scary because they grew up with an iPhone in their hand or an iPad in their face. Or if you're like us, got like the last bit of life before the internet took it all. It's so funny that social media and your phone is your security blanket when actually it's the most detrimental thing to your life. Because the comparison that you are seeing out there in the world, you're seeing these relationships, you're seeing the fucking Bachelor, the Bachelorette, Love Island, all these romance rom-com movies and TikToks and stories that are putting this unrealistic idea of love and how it works in your head. That's what you're using as a security blanket. It's not providing much security. It's actually fucking with your head. Yeah. And on that note, there was a study done. By George Gerber in 1969. Good guy. One of, 1969, he didn't even know what the fuck he was talking about yet. He hadn't even seen Instagram yet or phones. One of the biggest reasons women center their lives around men is the influence of media. Cultivation theory is the idea that long-term consumption of media affects people's ideals. Mass methods of media dissemination are used by communities to spread ideas. Movies inform most people's view of romance. Which is why I watch horror movies well what are we taught as little girls we're watching disney movies about the princess being rescued and the happy ending is that they get married we're playing with barbies we're playing house we are taught from a young age that that is the goal mm-hmm. that is what we're aiming for and that there's some prince on a white horse that's going to come rescue you from your fucking wicked witch tower mm-hmm. which is why i really respect movies like barbie and I'm, i think there's been a handful of kids movies where the princesses save themselves nowadays mm-hmm. because people have come to come to and been like oh we're like forming yeah there are all pathways here that are really bad for women's mental health in the end game have you heard that tiktok song mad at disney yeah, that, yeah. that's all about this yeah, yeah. by sorry let me just great credit great her um salem Ilesis. I'm so sorry if I'm missing, mispronouncing that. It's exactly that. But it's, it's everything, too. Think about what, what do you get as a big present when you're little? A baby doll. Oh, I just got the chills. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. And it's like, here, be a mom. Yeah. Be a stay-at-home mom. Here's a kitchen, too. You're like five. Yeah. You get a fake kitchen, and you're excited about it to, like, do fake dishes. And then you get a baby that you feed a bottle, you change its diaper, and you're really excited if your parents get you the one that, like, shits itself. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like the baby alive. I had one of those. It's really crazy. And you don't think about what that does to your brain. And what do boys get? Boys get building blocks and war army G.I. Joes and get guns and like not good. Yeah, like little fake guns. Oh, yeah, Nerf guns. Yeah. Yeah. And sport-related things for hobbies that they're going to eventually have. And then football fantasy teams that they're going to start and fucking (laughs) do while your girlfriend is just sitting there. I do admire my mom used to get me like the little veterinary kit or like mm-hmm. the scientist stuff. I always got a lot of the Discovery Channel like science yeah. shit. That made me super happy and I think <clears throat> contributed to my IQ today. Otherwise, I, I would be like 
trad wife ready yeah. to be like, I'm cooking the <laughs> porridge, churning the butter. Yeah. I had both. I had, I had Barbies and I had American Girl dolls. I don't remember really having like babies where I was like really mm-hmm. into that, but I wanted to be a detective so badly that I had all of this spy gear, which is (laughs) why I'm such a good stalker now on the internet. But I had like surveillance stuff. I had finger dusting kits. I had the vet thing too and and like the doctor stuff. Good job to our parents for for Mm -hmm. giving us that. Everyone, if you're about to be a parent or you are a parent, get your kids stuff that are going to nurture career paths and goals. Just them being more than a wife and and a mother. A mom. Even though that's great. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that, especially if that's what you want to be. But that's not all we should be teaching our daughters that there is. Mm-hmm. My mom, I think, was also very cautious of – she told me I was beautiful a lot, but that wasn't all I heard. I heard, you're so smart. You're so smart. You're so smart. Way more than I heard anything about my looks. And I implore any parents or soon-to-be parents to do the same. Yeah, it's funny. I love my mom and I, I'm very happy with how she raised me. My niece, she's seven years old. In the last like three years, my mom started bringing her into the bathroom and like doing play makeup with her. And I would hear my mom go, you look so beautiful. And I said to her, I was like, look, you can't say that to her after she puts the makeup on. Mm. Because all of a sudden one day she looked at me and she said, I'm ugly. My six-year-old niece said, I'm ugly. And she said that she wanted to wear makeup. They're fucking sponges. Yeah. And and we're getting on a whole other topic right now, so I'll wrap this up. We're sponges as kids and how we decide to give the gratification for what they're doing as kids is going to ultimately shape how they perceive success as an adult. Mm-hmm. And that success might be becoming a mom, getting into a relationship. And we don't – that shouldn't be the end goal and all be all. No. And what you're validated for as a child, you're going to seek out in adulthood. Right. So – and not like that yeah now my mind's going on a tangent but not for nothing i know that i said all those boxes before of what you should check i do think that the love and relationship one should be the last one because it is a lot harder to fulfill all of those other ones once you're in a relationship Mm -hmm. because you are focused on that person and you might start having kids and you might you know all of a sudden your attention has to be split between two little humans or one little human instead of yourself. So if you don't check off all of those boxes before you get married, good luck. Good luck. And now I'm like, wait a minute. It's supposed to balance that and kids at some point. It's, it's hard, but you know what? No one ever said life is easy. I'm still wondering how to balance actually being in a relationship and not making it the absolute center of my universe. Like I would love to come on here and be like, I have the best advice for you. I don't. I'm still trying to figure it out on a day-to-day basis. And there there are, the, of course, the obvious. Have a hobby and see your friends and don't cancel on them and go out. But there's still the pull in me. that If he says that he's taking me on a special date night and he's surprising me, but it's also on the same date that I've already made plans with a friend, the thing to do would be like, that sounds so amazing. Can we reschedule? But every inch of my body is like, oh, my God, yes. And I'll yeah. just reschedule with my friend. She'll be fine with it. It's a hard to yeah. actually follow through with in the little ways that add up. And the little ways that we're preaching. <laughs> yeah. I don't always yeah. practice what I'm preaching here. I should take my own advice. Yeah. I can say that I am actively and currently trying to do this. Like I am trying right now because I'm in those beginning stages where 
I am forming the habits that we're going to eventually have and carry with us. This weekend, one of my best friends texted me. I told her I was doing dry January. She said, do you want to go to a museum today and go on a walk? Because she knew that I wasn't drinking. Mr. Wright and I did have a day planned. Was it like, you know, that important? No, we were going to brunch and then we were going to go walk around the South Street Seaport and then we had dinner plans. I could have canceled and done that with her and I know that would have meant a lot to her because she's single and she doesn't have anyone to do those things with. But I did have these plans. I tried to balance it out and I said, Mr. Wright is actually going away next weekend and I'm all yours all next weekend. I already texted her this morning and I said, what are we doing this weekend? You have to actively try. It's like not something that comes naturally. And I think something to remember when you're in a relationship that you might think is it is you guys are going to have all the time in the world. And right now while you're young and while your friends aren't married – And while they're not having kids, and while it's a little bit easier because it's only one of you in a relationship, you should try actively to make that effort. It's homework, really. Yeah. Because it isn't – it doesn't feel natural. And then also, on the flip side of things, being a friend, don't be afraid of your friends who have a boyfriend or a husband. Still invite them to things. Okay. Still be actively trying to reach out to them. You should. This is something that I talked to – my friend about and I was like I feel like my friends who are single which are most of my best friends just got out of a relationship only want to hang out with each other because like I can't relate or if they ask me for advice my advice is probably annoying because it's not what they want to hear yeah or they want to go out and they feel like I'm not going to come because I'm dating someone and I feel so left out and a disconnect and there doesn't need to be a disconnect between the two worlds of single right. friends and friends in a relationship and there shouldn't be and if you are single hit up your friends in a relationship because maybe they want to get out of the fucking house too yeah you know and you're not trying to center your relationship either. Exactly. We're all working on this. I, I do think on either end, you need to have some empathy. Let's say if the single friend, one of my friends just did this, gets a date and is really excited about it and cancels all plans with you. And their whole MO is like, well, I'm single. Like, I got to find someone. I don't think that should be your MO. But I also want to be happy for you and be like, hey, I understand. Go, Go get him. Yeah. Go get him. Have fun. Go get laid. <laughs> and then on the flip side, I'm trying to keep my four-year relationship spark alive and well. And if I need to say, you know what? We've had a tough week together and we need to rekindle and have some a date night, some intentional time together. Can we do next week? Right. You got to understand that because I'm trying to keep what I have alive. <laughs> so <laughs> I think – Trying to keep the wheels turning over here. There just needs to be some mutual understanding. But the yeah. – there should not be a gap in your friendship because of that. That's yeah. when you're centering something a little too much. And I also don't think it's a bad thing to do as the single friend. If you start seeing your friend who just got into a relationship lose herself or stop spending time with the friend groups, be kind about it. But just say, hey, don't forget about us. Or mm-hmm. be like, I'm happy to hang out with your boyfriend too. Like he can come. Because at the same time, like, I want to get to know my friend's boyfriends. Yeah. Because if they're going to fucking marry them, and we're all going to be having barbecues together with <laughs> three fucking kids in the backyard in 10 years. Yeah, you I better know. be friends with him. Yeah. And I better like him, you know? Yeah, I, I'm at the age where I'm like, I don't want to feel like the girl who wants to bring her boyfriend everywhere. Like, someone invite him so mm-hmm. that he can come. Because don't you want to know him? Not yeah. every time. I get there's girl time. But, like, but like also, I, he's fun. I love seeing relationships where a friend isn't afraid to text the boyfriend of her best friend and mm-hmm. they have their own relationship too like i love that yeah. and i want that i want my boyfriend to be friends with everyone that i'm friends with also he's probably going to be the best one to listen when you need guy advice right yes 100 percent. that's what i loved when i was single my friend's boyfriend's for i'd be like can i just run this <laughs> can i borrow him I for a second i need a yeah. boy brain yeah. so that's always nice too don't be afraid of 
of that. And don't make your friend third wheel either when you hang out. You guys don't need to be like holding hands and oh making out the whole time. Ew, do not touch him when your single do friend is not around. Touch him. So to wrap that up, our key takeaways here. Fulfill all of your buckets before your relationship one. Make sure you're happy with all of them and that they're in <laughs> what's that science term? Homeostasis. <laughs> It's in a state of homeostasis. It's like maintaining itself, right? That's good. Yeah. So enter a stage of homeostasis with all of your other buckets before the love bucket. That's mm-hmm. my biggest advice. My biggest advice is that when you are feeling like you're lacking something, the person that you're seeing pisses you off or you have a bad date or whatever it may be and you start to let your mood sway according to a relationship or a potential relationship – Stop. Picture yourself as Carrie in Sex in the Fucking City. I don't care if you live in Kansas. And be like, I am young, hot, and single. No one can fuck with me. And I can't wait to live my life. Yeah. That's what you need to, like, shock yourself back into. And if you're not single, just be like, I'm young and hot. It's fine. (laughs) And when we say young, we literally mean everyone who's not dead. Yes. You are as young as you are want to be you're as young as you act you're as young as the light inside of you Mm -hmm. i don't care if you're 79 you're You're fucking young and hot hot. (laughs) you're all young and hot so go be young and hot and make sure you're the best version of yourself before you find someone else remember who you are put yourself up on a pedestal and make that guy climb up to you before you put a guy on a pedestal and honestly stop watching rom-coms petition to stop watching the bachelor I implore you all to watch some horror movies. I got to tell you, it is – it does something to your soul. It helps. I'm telling you. <laughs> As someone who's newly in a healthy relationship, I have so much advice to go watch horror movies. Next week, we are doing a follow-up on narcissism. So Narcissist 2.0. We did an episode that performed really well a few months ago about narcissism. We got a ton of DMs about it. We got so many women – being like, hey, I didn't know I was in this type of relationship until you guys said, and now I have divorced him, which yeah. was insane. So we want to dive a little deeper for you guys. Yes. And if you want a refresher on that original episode, it was called A Narcissist If I've Ever Seen One. Yep. And it's for narcissists in your family, in the workplace, um, as friends, in, in relationships, relationships yeah. just everywhere that they are, which yep. is everywhere. Also, we never do this, but can you please, like, give us five five stars? <laughs> you fucking Uber five driver stars. now? Yeah, well, it, it helps us. It, it does. does. <laughs> and if follow you like us. us. Keep the, help keep the lights on. Keep the lights on. Follow us on TikTok, Instagram. Tell us we're cute. Our we handle like is That's Unhinged. Give us some validation, please. Thanks. Bye. Bye.